God bless you and welcome to Yesterday Ended, Healing the Traumas of Life. I'm your host, Dennis Dobbin. Thank you so much for joining me today. At every intersection we come to, as we drive, there is a decision to be made. We can go right, or we can go left, or we can go straight forward, or we could go in reverse, or we could even stand still. At times in our lives, it's hard to know which way to go. When challenged with what direction we should take in our lives in more major areas, how do we react? When we come to a place where we don't clearly see the path before us, what do we do? Do we sit down and cry about how hard life is? Do we run and hide in some false comfort? Or do we turn to God and ask him, which way do I go? Hey Lord, what's next? Today's episode is about learning to walk in faith when we don't know which way we're going. If that sounds interesting to you, stick around and give a listen. I've mentioned it a couple times before that I have recently lost my workshop, or art studio as some would call it. A few weeks ago when this happened, I had a moment of confusion. I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I've been an artist in one manner or another all my life. As a kid, I was always sketching or doodling, and then I got into painting. In high school, I did ceramics. But suddenly, my ability to do my current art form, wood sculpture, has come to an end. Or has it? That's the question before me. I was talking about this with a friend who was working with me a few weeks ago, and I was manifesting the confusion or uncertainty in my heart. So he did to me what I've been doing to all of you who regularly listen to my podcast. He asked me a couple of questions. What do you want to do? Do you believe this is what you should be doing? Do you believe God will provide for you? At that moment, the teacher had to become humble and to practice what he preaches. The answer became quite clear to me. I want to do my artwork. I believe I should use the talent God gave me. And I not only believe, but know God will provide for me. Currently, I'm moving everything out of my old work area into my great friend's garage. It's an odd feeling to be moving out of a space I've been in for over seven years. And there's still the challenge of not knowing what's next. Staring into the unknown, not knowing what to do. Am I at an end or will I have a breakthrough? Will I listen to a lie or believe what is true? What do I really believe? What becomes my focus when a challenge does arise? Will I walk in my faith or make a bad compromise? Will God ignore me or will he hear my desperate cries? What do I really believe? What really lies before me are the promises God has made. But will my faith fully stand if my answer is delayed? Will God show me which way to go and come to my aid? What do I really believe? Are you at a crossroads in your life? Hopefully there's only one. With all the elements of our lives, there are many times we have to choose a path. We have to decide which way to go. In difficult situations, we can become fearful 
whether or not we are making the correct decision. This is when we need to turn to the Lord and ask for help. In Psalms 27 verse 11, it says, Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. There are many wonderful and wise counselors in the world that can give us good information that will help us make informed decisions. But what is the best decision? Is it the way of the Lord? You can make decisions based on great facts, or you can make decisions based on faith in God. You can make decisions based on fear, or you can make decisions based on faith in God. Years ago, I was having lunch with a good friend and brought up my desire to travel. I wasn't sure if it was the correct direction at the time in my life. His response was, take a step in the direction I wanted to go and see if God opened a door. I could sit there and daydream about travel. I could decide it was not the right thing for me. Or I could start looking up prices for airline tickets or rental cars or what have you and come to an understanding of what was required so that I could place my petition before the Lord. Signs follow those who believe. Take an action, keep moving, even if it's only to your knees. King Hezekiah had a problem one day when Rebshekah, the servant of the king of Assyria, came and said that they were going to be delivered into their hands. No other god had saved other kingdoms from the king of Assyria and his army. He said that they should not let their god deceive them, that they would be saved. All of Rebshekah's threats were written in a letter, and delivered to Hezekiah. His response is found in 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 14. And Hezekiah received the letter of the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up into the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. Do you have some challenges before you today? Perhaps you should write them down as clearly as possible and then take that paper and then step into the presence of God and place it before him. The record continues that Hezekiah prayed to the Lord. In the prayer, he praises God and gives glory to him. And he remarks that the words of Hezekiah defied the truth of God's ability to help. Is the challenge or challenges before you God's will? Are we to be defeated and made to bow before another God? Are we to bow to confusion? Are we to bow to poverty? Are we to bow to fear? Are we to bow to sickness? Listening to the news can shower you with negatives piled upon negatives. What are we to do with all the turmoil in the world today? Oh, you have personal problems too? Yeah, that happens. Will we decide to move forward in our lives? Or will we succumb to fear? Will we trust in a God we've never seen or lean on the world around us? Will we believe in a Savior from about 2,000 years ago that was raised from the dead? Will we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, who again, we cannot see? Faith is believing in what we cannot see. Currently, I cannot see my new workshop. I have ideas of how things could happen, but I have to wait. There's a record in Genesis about a man who is called the father of believing. 
His first name was Abram. We pick up the record in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. One day the Lord spoke to Abram, and gave him a message. Leave all that is familiar and safe to you. He told him it was time to get moving, because he was going to show him something. And he made a great promise to Abram that he was going to make him the father of a great nation. At the time, his wife Sarai was barren. Later, God changes his name to Abraham. Obviously, Abram believed what he heard from the Lord because it says he departed. He literally took a bunch of steps of faith. There is a corresponding record in Hebrews that describes Abram's response to God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whither he went. He went out, not knowing whither he went. That is faith. Moving forward with intent, without complete understanding or knowledge. The world teaches us to see first and then believe. I'll believe it when I see it. But we are to walk by faith, as it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, not by sight. The world would say we are walking blindly. But we are walking with him who lives in eternity and has seen the future. We are connected to the source of truth and reality. Fear is false evidence appearing real. I'm not denying the facts that your car might be broken down, you might have lost your job, you may be sick, but I am declaring that it doesn't have to stay that way. As I briefly stated before, a while after God first spoke to Abram, he told him that he would have a son. In fact, he changed his name from Abram to Abraham, which means the father of many nations. He was 75 years old, and again, Sarah was barren. It took 25 years for the promise to come to pass. How long have you been waiting for your answer to prayer? How long have you been waiting for God to bring your promise to pass? Romans chapter 4, verse 17 tells us how God works in these situations. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations, before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not, as though they were. Being eternal, God sees past, present, and future in one moment. God sees the end before the beginning. He saw Abraham being a father to Isaac, who would become the father of Jacob, who would be the father of twelve sons, who would be the fathers of the twelve tribes of Israel. He spoke of the future as a present tense reality. Your healing exists now. Your job exists now. God's promise and provision exist right now. We simply need to look to God to open our eyes to see his provision. We cannot look to the world. The world will deceive us and take us down. Our next challenge to overcome is to move forward even when the facts before us tell us 
were lost. In the New Living Translation, we read in Romans chapter 4, verses 19 through 21, And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at a hundred years of age he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. Abraham faced the facts, but believed in God and his ability. Our choice is facts or faith, how well we move forward. There is a record in the book of Acts where Peter is arrested and is chained up in jail, awaiting execution in the morning. His action was to rest in the Lord Quite literally, he fell asleep. That is not the action of a fearful person. During the night, an angel came in and rescued him from prison and certain death. Back in the Old Testament, there is a prophet, Elijah, who has come to a point of despair where he asks God to take his life. He takes off into the wilderness and tries to hide from life, but God meets him there and shows him his ability and presence. God called Gideon to deliver the children of Israel from the Midianites. Gideon thought he was too young and from an insignificant family. He bargained with God, asking for signs that he was going to be victorious. Not once, not twice, but three times God gave him confirmation. These are but a few records of God working in situations in people's lives that were life-changing to say the least. So my question to you is, are you talking to God about the situation? Are you laying out your heart before him? Are you throwing down a fleece before God? God loves conversation. He wants us to engage with him. So I ask you, what's next? When Jesus was faced with the crucifixion, it says he spent time in the garden praying with the Father. Not once, not twice, but three times he went to the Father asking if there was another way to bring the redemption of mankind to pass. Jesus was tempted in all things like we are, yet without sin. Jesus faced every kind of challenge we would face. He literally staked his life on Psalm 16.10, where it says God would not leave his soul in hell and would not allow him to see corruption. Are we willing to stake our lives on the promises of God like Jesus did? Are we willing to step out in faith even when we don't know what's next?